You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Prue. Hey, Michael. Andre? This is a really special podcast. We've never done anything like this, nor have we had a guest that was equipped to handle what we were about to throw down. I don't know if it's equipped is the word or willing. You know, it, it, it's just sort of a unique situation because you never want to put anyone on the spot. I mean, our job is to be critical but respectful, right? Yes, I would agree with that. And you put some bottles on the table that I think anybody else would have considered a dick move. Uh, I put some. Oh, I put older wines on, and uh, and I I told. I told Thomas, who was our special guest for this uh, for this move, that they were all older and to feel free to talk in in glowing and or negative terms about these wines. They were no longer for sale. They were just older bottles. So stay tuned to the podcast we're about to get to to find out what a wine made in Kentucky tastes like. Oh, my God. <laughs> Okay, so we are back, and we are here with Thomas. We uh, we thought since he was a a journalist long before, you know what you could do if you uh, want, what? you could almost back your chair up a little bit. I will back up you, my chair. You, you seem to be a little bit, you know. Yeah, I want you to I mean, really I... put some thought into what's going on. You can do it because hey, since we here, have, we'll, 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 we'll reset here. So I guess before we get started, we'll have to say I know we talked about what we're going to talk. To okay. Thomas about on the next podcast, but that's not this podcast. That isn't. This is, we always thought about doing like a stump the stoop type thing. And you're a lover of wine, Thomas. Right, I'm a big lover of wine. So because you used to be a journalist, we thought we'd, we'd, you'd take your winemaker cap off, and now we're going to put you on to the journalist side of things. Right. Back there. So it's been how long since you were a journalist? Yeah, it's been since I went to wine school. When I came back from wine school in 93, okay. and I was in I was in between trains, I'd still write. I remember going to Tony Aspler and saying he was he succeeded Barbara Leslie as editor of Wine Tidings, which is now called Quench. And he said to me, oh, you know, uh, would you write an article? I said, yeah, but I, I'm, I'm not making wine this year. I, I didn't get a gig. He goes, I don't care. Just write the article. He was really supportive because I was, like, feeling low self-esteem. So, yeah. It has been since basically 1993. I haven't been a, a journalist, but I have maintained uh, a real interest in the wines of the world. So I have, we can go through all eight if you like, but I have eight bottles of wine. Let's do about five minutes per bottle if they Let's warrant. If they don't warrant it, we move on. Yep. And here we go. And and none of them are young. None of them none of them are young. Everything's an older bottle. I'm not telling what, you where they what's are from. Older? Hmm? Over four older? years old. Over four, over four years. years. Definitely. Everything's over four years old. Nothing. But they're, they're not 25 years old. If we were sitting here with Peter Gamble, they'd be 20 years old. And I'd be like, wow, man, I've never tasted that. So, But uh, here we are. This is, uh, and I'm not telling you where they're from. You can guess where they're from. I would like, so Andre oh. and I, Andre does not know, correct? I don't know either. I am the only I one who knows. Down. I was going to have my wife do it, but she got really busy. <laughs> so this, so this is, is number one. Wine number one. I would like to say to, what I would like to know if I may interject one thing: where Andre is coming from, and I'll tell you where I'm coming from. Okay. I'm coming from a place more and more and more. I want the mineral finish, which all wines have, okay. to give me a hint of where it comes from. Then there's winemaking style, and is it a northern or southern hemisphere? Blah blah blah. Right. But stump the chumps, as I also call it with a similar name, stump the chumps. <laughs> I I like to think of it as 
only a small hit for my ego when I get it wrong, but a big step to my my understanding of the wine world and the terroir thereof when you actually tell me what it is. Yeah. You okay. see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, right, I get that. All right, so here you go. Wine number one. Ooh. It would seem to be Pinot Noir on first smell. Definitely Pinot. <laughs> I like it. Me too. That it's fruits, a new world, man. It's beautiful fruit, but it, it's fruit's it, almost sweet. Like it, it, it feels sweet on the it palate. It feels sweet in the mid, like a mid uh, Kirschy thing in the mid palate. But I'll just say something. In the old days, because I'm the only one here with gray hair. In the old days, mm-hmm. when you said new world, mm-hmm. when you said it was definitely new, you're world, fully gray. I've got yeah, the, you've got some touches. I got the salt and pepper going touches. on. Yeah. But but here's the thing. In the old days, when you said it's you know new world. That was like a mild epithet or a left-handed compliment, which meant, oh, we're not getting a burgundy here. You see what I'm saying? Or, or in the case of Cabernet Sauvignon, you're getting a Bordeaux. It no longer means that. Definitely new world just means I'm not seeing old world terroir here. That's no. the only thing it means. It doesn't mean poorly handled, nope. over the top. No, nope. I, mean, I find this a lovely wine. When you talk about the really mineral, there's, point. there's time to drink this wine. Beautiful. Not not a lot of mineral on the on the finish of this. I would like, say I'm that. still getting more more tannin on the finish, which is it's 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 smooth tannin, but you can really. But it's lovely. I can't see this being Niagara. This has got to be like a classy Marlboro, or I don't think it's South Island, New Zealand. I think it's New Zealand, but you know, sometimes when you say old world for the purpose of this conversation, are we going to call? South Africa, New World or Old World? I can go either way. I don't understand. No, it's still New World. Anything outside of Europe is New World. Okay, I'm. If it's know. if it's Middle East though, like Israel, Lebanon, that's uh, biblical. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> and uh, so, if this was Northern Italian, which I do not think it is, for instance, North Italian Pinot, they're so new as as almost because they haven't been doing it regularly for a long time uh, that you could almost consider it New World, but it does have that old Italian flavor. Northern Italian Alto Adige Pinot Noir. This has to be. I mean, if this is California or it's Oregon, it's not California. I actually think I know what know what this is, but I think uh, it's because you told me. Because I told you, I was probably going to throw one in. But, but I think I can guess the vintage. All right. Okay, hold on. But let me just go. Let me hang myself. You know, a little more. <laughs> okay. So it hit me as New Zealand. Could I have a little bit more, please? You can. Uh, just there's a the, full, there's a full bottle. Just for, to get, for now. Just to get the. Um, if you have a too short a pour. I obviously don't need to drink this. I'm going to spit nope. it. But too short a pour does not give you the nose you need. This would have to be spectacularly well handled. California from the coolest climate. If it was Oregon, it would have to be somebody like uh, Drouin or something. It's still it's just missing like the, the the floral note that you find in Oregon, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't guess. I wouldn't have guessed Oregon for this. I'm pretty happy with. Um, New Zealand or cool Tasmania, and if it was BC, mm-hmm. this is not BC. No, but if it was BC, there's some good ones now. It would have to be recent. The the, the, the BCs this year are more recent. Well, you know who it is. You okay. know. I'm guessing this is 2012. You would be out by two years if I'm not mistaken. Or this is a year. Is it 10? Norman Hardy. This is a Norm Hardy 2010 County Pinot, and the only wine that I have today under screw cap. So I think that helps in its ageability, but I was that's probably, I thought, that's probably why I guess twelve instead of ten is the screw cap just helps it hold on to its youth a little. So longer. here's the curious thing about that wine. Yeah, 
That it's is hot year. So yeah, everybody knows why it's crinkling, by the way. I have these wrapped in foil. That's why. Okay. People don't think I'm just, I don't know what we're doing. Crinkly. Smoking something. And, you know, it, <laughs> Jesus, that's so good. So that is a really good wine. And I thought it was like, I, I was shooting for a really top New Zealand. And I just was, why don't I drink more of that when you, when you, when you pulled it off, right? Yeah. So instead it's hot year Prince Edward County, which feeds off your remark is, you know that it's a mineral site. Yeah. But you're saying, I don't get that much mineral. You were surprised. I was. And so when you said, I don't get that much minerality, I go, oh, I'm good with New Zealand. It's the only, it's, <laughs> it's the only wine I actually told Andre there, there might be a, a Norm Hardy in there. So, But it's, just, it's, it's, it's interesting how the, because I remember, I actually remember tasting that wine when it was younger, how the uh, the acidity has kind of come into check with a few years under that. And that, I mean, that warm fruit pushed through and it had us thinking, you were even throwing around Northern California maybe yeah. on there too. Yeah, yeah. All right, so wine number Mom two. Must be shocked. Stump the stoop. Wine number two. That doesn't mean you're the stoop here, because we are the stoops. Anybody could be the stoop. I'm sure that's me. I have to be honest. I uh, I can't remember what some of these are. Because <laughs> 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 a few hours ago, and I'm like, what? Uh, what did but I, I mean, put under that? Uh, you're not doing only Pinot Noir for me. No, 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 no. I've got other stuff yeah, coming this is, up. This is another Pinot. Noir I was telling him I've yeah. had Duro this week. I've had Chianti this week. I've had Vermontino this week. But Pinot Noir and Chardonnay are my thing that I go to when I just want to drink what I want to drink. Oh, see, I love this wine. I remember what this is. This is beautiful. <laughs> this is a... Oh, first F-bomb. There we and go. it came naturally. <laughs> uh, it came in a positive way. We may have a negative F-bomb. Yeah, later. we do. We might have one. But I thought... That, oh, I'm just I'm in love with this wine. Well, this is just classic Pinot Noir. It's it's just... It's still amazing I how you can get a wine... Yet. You can get a wine that's so pale, but oh, out of that... Okay. Such concentration I could drink of the this red all night long. flavors. Okay, so here's where I haven't tasted it yet, and we've all kind of pronounced. I just want to say, when I uh, put this in my mouth, what I want to do is think which country it comes from, and I want the minerality to tell me that. But uh, John Zabo, when he was leading the thing at Cool of School at this year's, uh, he proved that none of us could taste soil in the room, the best and the worst. And there were some big heads there from around the Definitely. world. At, uh, but that doesn't mean that it's not worthy. So when I'm tasting, like I said, Alto Adige, Dolomitic soil, there's not very many Pinot producers or Chardonnay producers, but when you taste it, Niagara has Dolomitic soil. You know, I mean, K-Spring even has a Dolomitic series. What is it that informs that flavor? And that's what I'm going to be looking at when I actually taste this wine. Wow, that's that's a lovely Pinot. That's, uh, let's see, what is Tom? Let's, you know, let's move to you, Andre. Where do you think that's from? Who? Well, that is tough. Yeah, this is tough. I mean, Niagara is a, Pinot is rarely this good. It has concentration, elegance, weight, and tightness. But it it, it does, depending on who makes it. When you talk about, yeah. this could be Hidden Bench. Yeah, this could be Rosewood. Yeah, it's true. Um, you know, I'm, I, I'm 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 guessing this is a, a Beamsville area Pinot. Beamsville. Also, okay. and, and when I say, so we're Ontario for Andre, and you are well. Then sip it one more time. When I say Ontario. Rarely makes Pinot this good. What I mean is that's actually a compliment. It means we can get there when we get there. Can we plant more and get more serious about it? A lot of people don't want to take the chance on founding their winery on that, right? Yep. One more sip. Because you like it so much. Mm -hmm. Michael, do you remember what this bottle is? I do remember now. Okay. I do remember. And I uh, loved this wine when I when I tasted it at um, the blog Wine Bloggers Conference. That's where I tried this when I was in New York State. Oh, Not saying that Niagara. this is New York State. <laughs> I'm just saying that's where I tasted this wine. There is a uh, underlying minerality here that may be limestone, but does not remind me of Niagara. It could be an old claystone or something, but I'm thinking this 
Oh, how about Teal? I like your vote there. No, this is somewhere else. This is somewhere else. Where is it from? Oh, so you're not, not going to give us a guess. Not going to give us a Oh, I'll give you a guess. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm stuck in Italy, but I don't think it's Italy. I'm sucking. I'm, I'm trying this, to. I'm, I do not recognize the signature of the terroir. This is one of your old stomping grounds. This is Oregon from Highland Estates. Oh, cool. The Coorey wow. Vineyard, 2013. It's, no, that's that's Coorey clone. It may be oh, also there you the, go. See? The first clone that was in Oregon. I knew so he'd be able to help me on that one. And Highland, it is high elevation. So we were totally flummoxed. There we go. That's good. That's really good. But it's, 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 that's it's, what I'm drinking with supper, and you guys will yeah. go to the bathroom, and the bottle will be empty. <laughs> you, when you talked earlier uh, about, about the influence of California, there's no California influence. No, in that but I think there's a little bit because there's a lot of that fruit in there. But I mean that minerality and that there's just a lot of there's okay. A lot but of but stuff Norm's around. Norm's Pinot that we just had had a lot of that warm fruit, but it's just due to the, the vintage. There, there's right? something about that Oregon that just is uh, so. Uh, so approachable. So I want to drink that now. I want to drink lots of it, and I want to bathe in it afterwards. But when I said I couldn't get the minerality on it where it comes from, this is Corey clone that was brought back from Alsace in 64 by Charles Corey, who was before the ivory guy, uh, David Lech. Yep. And this was planted in 71 at high elevation. So on Dundee soils, right? So this is the volcanic soils. So between the old vines and Dundee and the tight winemaking, like, you know, hats off. That's for sure something I haven't had very often. I'm like, I'm, I'm thrilled. I want to drink all eight wines. If you're going to pull out stuff like this, man. Well, I don't know. I can't, I can't. I can't guarantee that all you know, all eight are going to be that good. But uh, here's another one. Woo! And uh, this is uh, more tertiary. We're on. We're on an older. That was old vines, yep. but a younger vintage. That was 23, 2013. So we've done 10. Now we've done 13. Yep. I would have thought it was slightly older than 13, but that's okay. And this tastes older for sure. This smells older, but I yep. mean, you get that in the mouth, and I think uh, I think there's a nice youngness to that wine. Oh, man, it's super fresh in the mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. It's really raisiny on the, on the nose, raisin uh, prune. That's it. What I took for tertiary is more raisin than plum, so it's a warmer year maybe, but it finishes super zesty. Mm -hmm. Wow. But it's not not crazy hot, though. This is of a standard of the first two. It's just different. It's like, you know... There's a plumminess to it. There is still an earthiness. This isn't another Pinot. Is this another Pinot? I think it's another Pinot, but it could be... This is where I start to get... This wine pushes me into another... Is this a Nebbiolo or something from the old world? Let, let's first establish what country this is from, if we can. Still why it's my favorite region. For Pinot. It is Pinot, by the way. I'll give you that. It is Pinot. So then this has got to be... Thank you, because I we started off with Pinot, and you know he's right to stop us because yep. we all started with Pinot, and if we go too yeah, far too- down the track, we're just wasting time. Yeah, it's just compared to how fresh the other two are. I mean, this is definitely a little, a yeah, little older. Yeah, so this is this is now I see the minerality. This is oh. like I'm going to go like more southern. Like uh, this is going to be like Montelis, Saint-Nay. but it could be Savigny-les-Bains. I think we're in Burgundy. I think so too. Is it Mercury? 
Oh, you know that my favorite. Yeah, you know I'm crazy. <laughs> Andre knows me too well. I am crazy about a Mercury, a Fably. Crazy about a Mercury. That's a song by yes. David Lindley. So, oh, no, that's interesting. This is 2010. So guess what? You, something's not bad. It's like one village. Like I'm rarely that good. Like I can go home now because I'm not going to do better than that in this tasting. Well, as Andre, uh, Andre it's... knows me so well, and we tasted the vintages tasting, and I'm I always telling Mercury. him I love Mercury. I would love to make Mercury red, and I'd like to make some Macon white. I've already made Saint Veron, but I would like to make some solid. All right. So who do we have to send this podcast to? To now that we have you on the record, to see if we can make that happen. Well, at the same time, I'm asking for Mercury and, and somebody to help me out to find a winery in Niagara. So, I mean, it's a, it's a big ass. Santa Claus better be listening. <laughs> Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, here we go. That was fantastic. You know, you just keep flummoxing. And not, not just confusing okay, so us, it's, but it's, giving us toothsome stuff. Man. Okay. We can, we can see from the foil that it's another burgundy-shaped bottle. Yeah, I wasn't looking at that to be honest, but I think I will. I will be honest with you. That's it. That's for, for Pinot. So now you're on your own. This is number four. We've done with the Pinot. You've done your Pinots. Done your Pinots. It's an all red tasting. I decided to do it all red. Cool. So because it's a hot day in summer, I think that's yeah, that's what you have to do. You have yeah. to do that. Yeah, a fan we're of in the basement. Not a fan of we're in the man cave. Yeah, we're in the we're in my man cave. We're in my office. Is where we are. So very inspirational office. So, I feel. Yeah, like. I need to see Thomas's reaction to this. If this was rock and roll, we'd be in uh, Keith Richards' uh, riff room. You know, yeah. this is the this is the wine office. Oh yeah, wow. palate's better than the nose, but I mean, not by much. Oh wow, I got no clue on this one. I got no clue on this one. I started off on the nose, with this was Nebbiolo, like. Not Barolo, but Longue Piemonte. But there's a real hit of acidity on the finish, which Piemonte has. Yep. So let's just get this straight for our listeners. Niagara's on the same level as, you know, southern France or northern Italy. But northern Italy is cool because of the elevation, right? Coming down from Mont Blanc yep. to Piemonte. So they can do real cool things like that. But as I talk, I suddenly think of Portugal. See, I'm... I'm Portugal has this kind of crazy acidity. Yeah, but the reds aren't... Like, the concentration of fruit would be, like, crazy on that. Unless, you, unless it's older. I'm just, I'm, I'm just throwing that out there to be the a The nose jerk. I'm getting on this is, is, is spearmint. And on the finish, I'm getting, like, a touch of... of like, I don't know. My brain's pushing towards Cabernet Franc. Mm. Um, I got a little VA on there. I did, too. Yeah. Um, it's a funkmeister, but a good funkmeister for a little, sure. A little breadiness, not not in a bad way. It's not a good way. It's all good. This is a this is a naturally made wine. It's not a van nature. It's a classically made wine that has some age on it. And the quotes faults or the interesting bits, whichever side of the yep. spectrum you come from, are now coming above this sheer fruit. Anywhere. The thing is, it's too ripe to be Chinon. Yeah, so I'm in Italy or in Portugal. Italy or Portugal, you are... I'm I'm right stumped on this. Right stumped. Yeah. Gentlemen, you believe if I told you it's Ontario? Well, what it's is? got great concentration, man. 2008 Syrah from Organized Crime. Wow! 
2008. Wait, did this did this pass the varietal typicity? Oh, it does have DQA. Yeah, made by Andre Lipinski, who is now at uh, Big Head. And if I'm not mistaken, that would have been... Culinary. And culinary. But he um, uh, would have used some apasimento on that, too, which would have given us that VA note yeah, to it. Yeah, it would have. And, it's, and it also it took us out of the typicity of the grape and yeah. into the great red wine category. But I, I think... I think for sure, Andre is one of the geniuses of Canada. Like we don't have a lot of them, and he, he's a controversial figure, yes. and he's a buddy. And Francois Morissette is a controversial figure and a buddy. They're both great <laughs> winemakers. They're great, great fucking winemakers. These guys, they march to the beat of their own drum, and that's what we need, right? We need people who are cutting edge, cutting edge world world quality and do not give a shit about what other people think whoa I, I don't think it's corked it's not corked I just think it's not good freaking <laughs> wild <laughs> is that your turn did you just censor yourself there Thomas yeah I did oh shit you know what this smells like shit that's what it smells like this this smells yes. like this smells like Jose Cuervo ah. it's got that tequila barrel I think it's with that smell. Then it's probably older Cabernet Franc from somewhere, and I'm not going to. Oh my god! This is a 2001, isn't it? No, it's not. No, this isn't Ladybug wine. No. Oh my gosh! Take on the finish, then you'll get your Cuervo on the finish. Oh my god! Uh, You know what, guys? I don't remember where that's from. Well, Um, let's let's not. um, This is not maybe one where. You want to? Well, I guess you can. No, no you got to. Everything we tasted it blind. It's it is what it is. Michael, that is just Michael's got a proper. It's a little cellar, tired. So. Maybe California, or it could be it could be old old Cabernet Franc from Niagara. But. Oh, that's right. All right, here we go. So I once told you that I was gonna pour something like this for you. It's from Kentucky. Holy shit! Yeah. It's Look at a, how close I was with California. <laughs> Black Barrel Reserve. Yeah, that's it. Aged in special barrels for smoky and smooth vanilla notes. Yeah. Fucking right, bourbon barrels, baby. It's by Wildside Winery. That's who it's Okay, by. well, that, that to me, I'm going to say the opposite of what maybe somebody would 15% think. alcohol. I, that's why I said you got Jose Cuervo on the finish, man. I was like going 20% there. I'll tell you something. And no vintage You honored us by pouring that because there's no freaking way I'm driving to Kentucky to drink wine. I'll go there for other things. The bourbon barrels. You see, you see what I said about Oregon? Oregon is a fantastic place to make wine. Yeah. But some, not all, people are too influenced by California. These guys are influenced by bourbon. You said Jose Cuervo, which is not bourbon. Yeah. But you were in their mindset right away. You're in the ballpark. Well, okay. You, you, one of my favorite things in, in, in Oregon, and I know I want to, I'm sure I'll, I'll, we'll talk about it in the next podcast when we get some more history, was uh, I visited... I'm doing I, a Highland rinse <laughs> I'll, I'll take some of that, too. I visited Irie Vineyards, and... Um, oh, yeah. You they visited have, them? They have a little sticker up in their old tasting lab, and it's about three inches by one inch, and all it says is to hell with what they do in California. Wow. Well, you see, that's what I mean. He was a maverick. Do you know that when I moved to Oregon, one of the first places Eric Lemelson took me to, I would have gone there on my own, was Irie with David Lett still alive and Jason Lett not there yet, young but there, but not there. And But now he's really confident, a great winemaker, potentially a better winemaker than his dad. But back then, I had to get to their reserve level Pinot Noir 
before I could get something that I found toothsome. The other shit was too thin. And I love their Pinot Meunier. I love their Pinot Gris, which is one of the original clones. I loved everything they did. But David Lett and I disagreed, and I never told him. But he was saying that elegance was his regular Willamette Valley. And that's where I formed that day my theory that elegance is not lightness. When you have dilution, that's not elegance. That's dilution. You know why they have dilution there? Because the rows are nine feet. And with the older good finds, it makes the world's one of the best, world's best pinot. But in the village, they don't quite get there. Didn't. Now Jason is. Oh, man. Uh, I brought back a bottle of his Chardonnay. I still have the empty bottle probably displayed on my uh, my uh, trophy trophy shelf of dead soldiers. That was one of the best wines I had in Oregon. No, okay. no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Just want to say one thing: Adam Campbell of Elko, Luisa Ponzi of Ponzi, and Jason Lett, and amongst other people, when they're second generation, they can take it to the next level, or they can not. They can lose the plot. Those three really got it. Same thing with, uh, of course, Bethel Heights. All the second generation in those places are taking it to a new level, standing on their parents' shoulders, doing great things in Oregon. We're not supposed to get... Oh. Wine number six has now been poured. I'm... And now, see, as we get into the latest... I can't remember what I... What I so This here, is chocolatey. Yeah, chocolate. We got chocolate. We got cocoa. We got, again, the butter rum casks of bourbon. Yeah, yeah you got a very interesting... Yeah, this is this is Syrah. You think that's Syrah? I think this is Syrah. This is a high-end wine. It is for sure New World in the best way. Uh, it's New World is also at this stage of our lives. All of us, no matter how old we are, it is younger vines. Even my Lowry is eighty-four. In the old world, you're dealing with nineteen thirty-five vines, right, or yep. whatever. So. Um, and this has got to be about 10 years old, I'm guessing. Yeah, like that. 10 years old. It's like an 07 or 06. Cork would not come out of the bottle, so it was... I mean, you literally that, drilled a hole through there. I literally drilled a hole into it. I'm going to let Andre sink or swim on this one because I think he's on to something, and I can't say it's sin or it's Cabernet. We should try to nail, nail what country it comes from if yeah. you think it's Syrah. Hmm. Nail your country. Well, I, well, as I open the bottle... And reveal, part of me wants to say this is DC. And reveal, I want to say and reveal to Thomas. Holy shit! Okay, I'm not. Uh, you think it's sweary? Did you say? I said BC. Uh, I don't know if you can see that either. I can see that. Okay. You think it's BC? Yep. That would be from Taz, believe it or not, and that is the 2005 Echoes Red. So, not bad, and and a good appreciation of oak there. I gotta say something. First of all, it is as old as you said. Yep, it is. Well, it's twelve. Yeah, twelve years old. Ten. Yeah. Ten. Two. And 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 second of all, your palate is thrown off by not expecting to get the particular mix of grapes you got there, which they never admitted to, right? Yeah. No, there's this presages uh, redstone. But the other thing is this: when Taz was doing its early echoes, remember my thing about how you make single vineyards? They believe in that too, and so. That means that in that year, they probably put a lot of new oak in there because they didn't want it in their single vineyards. So what would the, what would the, varietal, what would the, what would the varietals have been on this? Big year. 
Big year, yeah. So they would have had Cabernet Franc. They had a big Merlot Davis block. Okay. They had whatever they didn't do in the single vineyards of uh, of um, of their Pinots. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking, there's Pinot in this. Oh, oh for yeah, sure, it's Pinot for sure in this, and I think for sure there's Syrah in it. I think it's whatever they didn't put in. That, Echoes, I think, if I'm not mistaken, was whatever they didn't make into anything else that they were That's right. making at the but time. But in one way, it's everything that they made thrown together. But in another way, it's like Stratus Red in a way. It's so rich. It's At that time, they didn't have Redstone, man. It's all their home vineyards. They weren't buying any fruit in. So this is an absolute deal. Run out it to your LCBO good. and buy it 10 years ago. Yes. You can't buy it today. You need a time machine. This tastes really good, like that cocoa in the smoke. And yeah, I know thing it's is, a the thing is, the tannin is still quite firm on it. Super firm. That means there was a fair bit of cabernet. So, but everything got ripe that year, so they wouldn't have put stuff in just because. Uh, we're rocking through these. We're doing less than five minutes of wine. Uh, Michael keeps us on a, a strict schedule. I like schedule. to keep you on a strict schedule, especially because you can you can go all night on some of these things. Yeah, you sure can. And I'm really feeling honored here. <laughs> and I really know which wines I'm drinking tonight. All right. This so, smells like poutine. That's not a good thing. It smells like gravy. I'm getting... It's because we're getting hungry. This is an aged, classy... Now, now I've started looking at the bottle in the beautiful wrapping that he's done with no wrinkles. No, that took a while. Yeah, that's a, impressive. It, it is impressive because I make them all crinkly, wrinkly, really bad. But this is Bordeaux bottle, but it's also, it smells like a Bordeaux blend. For sure it does. That mix of Cabernet Franc Merlot. Oh, wow. That's The question is, is there Cabernet Sauvignon on this? And is it Ontario? Or is it somewhere else? Is it actual Bordeaux? What did I put under that wrapping? I wasn't going there yet. Mm. Doesn't taste like gravy. Oh, maybe a little bit. Well, it's got a little of beef gravy going on. I've learned I'm, the hard way. I consulted in China for a very short while on building a winery in a quarry. You know what I learned? I bought a $150 bottle of Chateau Jungding. You can afford that? No, I can't, but I'm not going to... <laughs> You know, like, I, I'm like, if I bring back the 35 or the $50 Chinese wine, which is 151 it came in a wooden box, one bottle. I brought it back, and I served Peter Gamble and Anne Sperling, my wife, Mary Delaney, and Ron and Kathy Giesbrick. He was still at um, Henry Pelham back in the day. And you know that not that wine, which was eucalyptus, by the way, if I had one word, mm -hmm. and not the Canadian wine, which was good, but the Bordeaux that came out weedy and dill. And we all got it wrong. We all got it wrong. Bordeaux can be weedy too. We don't we don't have a monopoly on that. In fact, nobody does. I've had weedy California Cabernets because there's lots of ways to not get ripe. One of them is too much heat in the plant shuts down. Mm -hmm. We know other versions of that, which is it's raining till mid-November and then finally you harvest your Cabernet Sauvignon. So back to this wine. Are we in a Bordeaux blend situation, sir? We are, you are in a Bordeaux, Bordeaux blend situation. Yes. This it is, is a blend. This is New World, I'm guessing. Yeah. We have a New World guess. I'm guessing. Well, I think I've guessed a couple of Thomas. It's a 50-50 thing based on the other. It was either Europe or, yeah. or anywhere go, else. Yeah, because... He didn't say biblical, so I guess it's a three... three uh, he's 33%. I have to... You know what there's a finish of that none of us got? 
There's a tea finish, like a black tea finish. I would give you that for sure. I would also say there's a little cocoa in there. Yeah. Which is kind of nice. So, I mean, so many people have taken a crack at good Cabernet Sauvignon blends during uh, Bordeaux blends in the Northeast. We forget how many there were, right? Some don't even exist anymore. And there's some south of the border. There's some in B.C. But um, this does not taste like California to me. Does not. Not California. This, this still feels cool climate. And it has too much minerality for California. So I think we're on limestone or granite or something. And uh, But are we... Is there anywhere else? Like there's Virginia, which is making great Bordeaux blends. Now it's elimination. But I can't tell by the taste where it comes it's from. It's interesting that I've thrown you all, all off with the Kentucky wine. So now he's yeah. in Virginia. <laughs> he's going, how far I visited this, Virginia. How so far along has he you been? You visited uh, Trump's winery? You want to try a little more? Trump's not allowed to drink wine, is he? Uh, he has a winery. He doesn't, drink, he doesn't drink wine, which is Cute. surprising. No, he doesn't drink him, anything. That's, we don't want him to get any crazier. Maybe that would mellow him out. I love how this has all of a sudden become a political podcast. I, it happens every so often. And I, I'm, I'm We're usually just railing on the LCBO. I have actually gone into like I legit am, politics. Now. I am, no. to, I am totally uh, addicted to uh, MSNBC these days. But anyway, there is a That's, dry dill weed thing on the finish, along with the tea. That reminds, but it's a subtle me, dill note. It like is, but it reminds me of nothing I know. It's not especially like oh, oh, this is unripe, so it's got to be nice. Oh, look at the cork right here. It's a ripe year. It is a ripe year. Uh, you were correct. Yeah, it's a ripe year. It's not unripe, but but because it has a dried dill weed and a ripe year, I think he may have a surprise for us. I'll be happy if there's Niagara. Would you? Oh seven Niagara. And I'll be happy. Oh seven Niagara. Yeah. I'm earlier than that. I'm like uh, 02 or something. Thomas nails it. It is an 02. So where's it from? Shout out to Charm, Cabernet Merlot, 2002. There you go. Just the estate, if I'm not mistaken. I yeah. love these estate old bottles. I love these old labels. Look at that. Look at that. The the the, the tattooing of the of the of the the sediment on the side of the bottle. I know. I love it. Tattooing. I've never heard that. Yeah. It's just. Uh, I've only seen it when I've been in restaurants and get led into the kitchen. Uh, oh, tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is an incredible lineup of uh, wines. And that's an ang- that actually that's that's one of my favorites right there. What we got one left? One left. Okay, last one. One left. Oh, this is so much fun. And you know what's fun is the three of us come to this with an open mind <laughs> and and just ten years ago people were like, We gotta find something to diss in here. Like, show me it. Well here's 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 the worst part about this is that all of our all of our skills are now being put on display. You said the internet's a big place. Yeah, everyone's gonna know what we can, what we can and can't taste. Right, that's true. But well, the, blind tasting is always the uh, the great uh, equalizer for everything you do. Right, and it's like I love to say, which is, uh, I mean, you know, your partner, but I'm with Mary, so I'll say your wife. If you, um, if somebody substitutes somebody else in your bed for your wife and you don't recognize her in the dark, does that mean she's not your wife? It's the same question as when a tree falls in a wood. You know, <laughs> does it make a sound? I'm really sure what he's saying. I... What I'm trying to say is the fact that you can't get a wine blind says nothing about the wine's qualities. You just couldn't get it blind in the order you had it that day and the mood you were in that day. 
Drinking wine blind is not a proof of quality of the wine. A winemaker just has to make good wine. A, 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 you know, um, a journalist has to describe good wine and tell you whether to buy it or not, or, or at least you know infuse you with some enthusiasm for this region, you know, mm -hmm. or, or give you some knowledge. But tasting it blind or not is like it's great if you could. It's just great if you can. But that's not what we all make our living doing. So uh, that's not just a caveat. It's a statement of truth. I think. Lovely nose. This is very interesting. More this subtle nose nice. than the last few. Well, it's a hell of a lot younger, too. Well, I'll give you the... It's uh, it's younger than the old two. I, the old two, I think, is the oldest wine I have on the table. Yeah, but I'm guessing this is, what, maybe five to seven years old of the oldest. And I Probably. would say... I would say... We're seven, seven, seven years old. It's... Seven, 17. Yeah. Like 2010. Yeah, this beautiful wine. Wow. Yeah, it is. You know, it's. I mean, um, we've had this experiment eucalyptus on the nose. Uh, palate moves more to red fruit. Has a little bit of a. I think it's more dark. I I find it more dark fruit, more cocoa, more. Uh, I, I was about to say like co cocoa on the finish, but more I mean, plum, a little coffee, mocha. Totally complex. If this is Niagara, we're just all happy. If this is BC, I'm nearly as happy, su super happy, because people know that BC can do this kind of wine, and we're always struggling to do this kind of wine. It's clean, it's beautiful, it's rich. It's I want to drink this one. Is it is it supplanting the Pinot from uh, Oregon or no? No, that Pinot from Oregon is a total discovery. I'm drinking. I'm drinking the first three Pinots. I think he's. Yeah. Wait a second. There's more gone from that bottle than I remember us pouring. Oh, we rinsed the glasses with that. After oh, the, I thought I thought Thomas that, was drinking it after the bourbon barrel wine with. By the way, no vintage on it. And that mercury, I'm going to be you know, heading into it supper time. All right. So I thought I since we're talking political, wow. uh, this is uh, from the Foreign Affair Winery, which uh, as of uh, right, they were just sold. I don't know if you know. Corby, Unbelievable. Corby's just bought it. Uh, I didn't even know it was up for sale, but uh, Corby's just bought it. It's a 2011. This is, another, this is another Time Machine wine. 1995. I think this may have even been cheaper than that at the time. 2011 Conspiracy. Yeah, 2011 Conspiracy, which uh, is, I, I think that's the Raposo <laughs> wine that they make. Is this another Lipinski wine? Uh, Barkley wasn't so. there yet. Well, Barkley's not there. Uh, no, Whose who's signature is that? Barclay's doing that's lens. Oh, so it's lens. Uh, <laughs> I think this is. I think this is early Lipinski days, if not uh, a little bit, uh, just a little bit after. So who's worked at more wineries in Niagara, Andre or you? No, for sure. Andre. Or Andre, for sure. Fielding. Uh, he was also with uh, Vineland. Vineland. Culinary. Yeah. Big Head. Obviously. Legends. Yep. Yeah. These are all the places Andre's worked. Foreign yeah. Affairs. Foreign affair, yeah. Organized crime. I'm at seven. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Megalomania. You said Niagara. Megalomaniac. Megalomaniac. Is there, so we're at eight. And you said Niagara. Why'd you restrict it to that? Because he has burning kiln. Oh, that's we right. Nine. Jail, that's nine. And where's burning kiln again? It's a. Uh, like St. Thomas. Saint, well, that's right. But so what's the one new, in the South Coast? That's burning kiln. It's in the South Coast. That's that's what they call it now. The South Coast. Right. Which is burning kiln. What what. And I think that's I think that's it. That's that's all did I can think. Did he start? Of. Did he start? Uh, did I say culinary? Yes. Yeah. Did he say big but head? I think did we he, include I, his own label in that. Oh, cornerstone. Yeah. Cornerstone. He worked at cornerstone too. That's it's, right. So that's ten. ten. 
Andre, if you're listening, uh, we've got ten. We love you, baby. And uh, you can let us know if we've missed anything. So that would be great. All right. Well, I guess we can wrap this up. We hope you found this tasting informative. I know. I know. Thomas did. I certainly did, and I think you guys should take a shot of these bottles and slap them up on your website. I, I oh, there. Don't worry. This is going to go up definitely because I, I've never seen a collection of labels like this. The BBR, the Echoes of Taz. When we talked about Taz, I got to say that's like some of their best fruit and some of their richest barrels going in there. And I, just they wanted more finesse in their single vineyards, and the rich stuff came down here in 05. Well, see, the reason I love the Echoes is because it was a $20 bottle of wine and it was just it just over-delivered each and every time. Yeah, that was did. interesting. That was fun. And you know what? Um, I'd like to invite other winemakers to participate in that sometime. So we'll have to find out who we can get um, and, uh, and and find out whether they'll want to participate in old-time tasting. Maybe we should, that's maybe we should call it old-time tasting. I think old-time tasting is a great title Let's see, who could we throw the gauntlet down to? I think it might be fun to do something like that with someone like uh, Harold Teal or maybe Amelie Buri. A Brian Schmidt. There we go. We got three challenges issued. Oh, you know who else we could probably get? We're getting a fourth name. Oh, wait a second. I would love to grab Jeff Aubrey. Yeah, I think that's definitely the right call. We got to get Jeff in to talk about some of these old wines. I think your Jeff, I'd be great to to have in there. So outspoken, yeah, I think. Oh yeah, we'd get we'd get unfiltered Aubrey. <laughs> I'm Andre Prue from AndreWineReview.ca. I'm Michael Pincus of MichaelPincusWineReview.com. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Leave a review and tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell everyone to listen to this podcast, and Michael, wrap it up. Tell your mother, tell your lover, unless she's the same person. Good night. That was weird. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes.